3: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Okay, everyone, welcome. This support group is for people who are so woke that they are finding it impossible to have any fun at all. Mm. We have somebody new with us this week, so would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, Hi, I'm Oscar.
3: Uh, I think like a lot of you guys, for me, it started with the little things. Signing an online petition. Going to a march. Well, I mean, before I knew it, I was writing to The Guardian about LGBT representation in the Harry Potter
2: books. Which is shocking, by the way. All right, Lily, we've all read your blog. Don't worry, Oscar, you've come to the right place. All of the young people in this room are ruining their lives by being overly virtuous.
3: That's actually a microaggression to, say, young people, because it carries
0: subconscious bias towards the elderly.
1: Actually, what you're doing is denying agency to the elderly, which is arguably
4: much worse. This This is what I'm talking about, you see, it's a slippery slope.
2: (laughs) One minute you're carrying a reusable water bottle, fine, and the next minute you're arguing that water is racist. Oh my god, is water racist? No, no, it's just an example. Right, how did you guys get on with the homework that I set you? Guys isn't an especially inclusive term. Not now, Jamie.
4: By homework, do you mean having to watch that old people's sitcom? It's called Friends, Lily,
2: and you were supposed to watch it and enjoy it.
1: Well, I try, but I find it deeply problematic. Why? Well, there's the homophobia, the transphobia, the fatism, and the slut-shaming, and could Chandler be any more annoying? <laughs>
5: <laughs> it goes on like that. That's a funny punchline. That, that's the wrong punchline. <laughs> it was Ross that made that show unwatchable.
3: Ross! Uh, could Chandler be any more annoying? Um, I could listen to that for an hour. Oh, yeah. That's a funny uh, bit. That's funny great. Bit. Yeah. I'm worried about the LGBT representation in Harry Potter
5: yeah it's uh... funny, but so uh, that's from the Bib, the BBC. that's really good. yeah so I you know part of the reason I played that is just a thing that uh, I'm I'm easily annoyed. I have a list of pet peeves that's about a mile long. um the AP this morning, oh I had it in front of me and I, I moved it um, just stating that uh, the Trump uh, travel ban was a ban on Muslims, even though and that's that's a professional news organization. Leaving out the fact that there were non-Muslim countries, non-Muslim majorities countries involved, and huge Muslim countries n- not included. So that's just bad, bad journalism. And then the other thing I've noticed lately is the Roseanne Barr tweet scandal, where she was thrown off her own show. The number one show of last year. Exactly, not being renewed. Now they're gonna try to do it without her, and, you know, I wish him well, but, um, for the tweet about Valerie Jarrett, uh, and the Planet of the Apes, you know, the marriage between, what was it in the Planet of the Apes? Doesn't really matter. The Planet of the Apes was the important part. Um, and, and I actually went looking online at where that came from. And what, what bothers me is that now major news organizations have noticed um, the, the Washington Post, NPR, a couple of the networks are now just referring to it as the racist tweet. And there are a couple of problems with that. It's unquestionably stupid and racially insensitive. But Roseanne Barr is the last person on earth to be a racist. She's a flaming lefty. She has never expressed any racist views, as far as I can tell. She ran for the presidency with Cindy Sheehan, um, and she immediately said, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't mean it. I'm not racist, blah, blah, blah. But it's being just stated that it is unquestionably a racist tweet. That's not true. It is unquestionably stupid and racially insensitive and offensive. But it's not racist. Now, she went on. Whose show is this? Uh, this Oh, her her rabbi. That's right. Her rabbi does a... A uh,
3: podcast or something, because <laughs> yeah. he's one of a billion people on the planet, I guess. So he's got to yeah. have one, yeah. right? <laughs> and he probably
5: has a blog too. Yes, Jamie, we've all read your blog. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead and play the the tape real quick.
4: I'm I'm a lot of things. I'm a loud mouth and all that stuff, but I'm not stupid, for God's sake. And I never would have wittingly called any black person a say they are a monkey. I never would do that.
5: And I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, um, huh. Valerie Jarrett, the woman question is of Iranian, white and black descent. Didn't Rose- from what I understand, she's of mixed race, but evidently the black part of her is the operative part right now.
3: Didn't uh, Roseanne say that Susan Rice had big swinging ape testicles
5: in a tweet once? Yeah. What was that about? <laughs> well, that was she, well. She was saying she has unbelievable balls. But apparently, so she's claiming she either didn't know that Valerie Jarrett is, and again, again, even making these words come out of my mouth is loathsome for me because of the way I was brought up and my lifelong study of the Third Reich and and racism in America, breaking down what percentage somebody is black and what percentage white, what percentage Chinese, what percentage is their blood. Does she have eighth black blood? Is she an octoroon? This sort of stuff is horrifying to me, and you progressives wallow around in it. But anyway, she says she didn't know she was part black and didn't know that that was a thing. Now, she says she's not stupid. You either got to be stupid or just incredibly ignorant. How did you? Well, she says I would never compare a black person to a monkey. I didn't know. Tell me this. Can you compare a white person to a monkey? If you believe the person is entirely white, perhaps George W., I look like a chimp, Bush, for instance. Yes, you can in America. And Roseanne didn't realize she was talking about a woman of uh, African-American partial descent. So is that a racist tweet? I know these things. I abhor racism. I know these things. I'm telling you right now. How does the New York Times not know them? How does the WAPO, how do all the alphabet networks not know that? Because it doesn't make nearly as good a story. It's not as jazzy. It's dishonest.
3: So, um, I was reading this column in the New York Times. The ignorant do not have a right to an audience. It's a uh, professor of philosophy making the argument that free speech should stop when you're, uh, when it's idiots making the argument. Would that it were, but, uh, you know. And he uses the example of, um, the Armstrong and Getty show. Uses an example of, Ann Coulter, and Jordan Peterson, who is the darling of podcasts jo- oh, okay, across America. I'll, I'll wait to listen to the end of this. But anyway, the problem with it, of course, is...
5: He thinks Jordan Peterson's an idiot? He, no. Uh, yeah. No! Yeah. Well, he needs to shut the
3: F up! Or made, made idiotic arguments in that they're misogynistic. Talking about the role of empathy... Are you familiar with empathy?
5: I'm about to be. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm can, so woke, I can't have fun anymore. Can you Google that,
3: empathy or urban dictionary? It's empathy.
5: I guess it's like sympathy, yeah. but empathy.
3: Um, it's, you know, about, it's got something to do with men, you know, not being something enough. We're not enough, all kinds of things.
5: All right. All
3: right. Uh, the disproportionate empathy extended in the direction of men, uh, we make too many excuses for. Okay there you go so there's too much empathy in the world anyway um apparently jordan peterson was talking about that and so and ann coulter said and i didn't hear ann coulter said that she she said those crying crying migrant children were child
5: actors yeah i did hear that (laughs) she is a troll ann coulter is a troll She is a gleeful troll. But anyway, she's best buddies with Milo Yiannopoulos, which is fair. about what all you need to know. But anyway, this, they like uh, agitating. People. This
3: philosophy professor was making the argument that the ignorant do not have a right to an audience, and the the problem with it is obvious. Which I'm I'm always surprised that people that are so smart don't under where where it breaks down between the two of us and seeing the obvious problem. Oh. Who gets to decide who's an idiot or not? I'm telling you. Are you you going to decide that? Am I going to decide that? Are we going to have a panel decide that? Who's going to decide that? Are we taking volunteers? I'll do it.
5: (laughs) You know, Jack, you took way more chemistry than I did, but uh, this is one of the great principles, uh, you know, of my philosophy, that ideology is to intelligence like, say, uh, an acid is to a base, you throw enough lie into an acid and you'll neutralize it. But ideology does that to intelligence. But you can be incredibly intelligent and get so deluded that it just, you end up sounding like an idiot. Yeah, but wouldn't the, you? Know? Uh, the, and, but in
3: the, in the. Mm. So, but wouldn't you be just as worried about your own side getting shut down by whatever board makes these decisions?
5: Unless your ideology is so trumped your intelligence, that doesn't occur to you, which is astonishing to me. How could that thought not occur to you? Or is the
3: assumption that practically everybody agrees with me, so we could assemble any person or persons <laughs> together to decide who should have free speech and who shouldn't, and they would all agree with me because I'm obviously in the vast majority opinion of these things.
5: Are you hinting, sir, that the philosophy department at a university might be ideologically monochromatic? How dare you? I hope I never get this far out there that I think,
3: you know, everybody agrees with X, and it's actually a an opinion that only, like, well, no Supreme Court justices would agree with, right. for instance, zero. Well, zero out of nine would think it's a good idea to limit free speech based on you know, some board or panel or something.
5: Right, right. And listen, a lot of the ideologues actually don't believe what I'm about to say. They just understand that it's a really useful tool because they do study history. But uh, the idea that your opinion is so stupid or racist or unacceptable or hurtful or whatever, you don't get to utter it. I mean, can you imagine the hubris of somebody who thinks they're so wise and all-knowing that they ought to be the judge of that, and they ought to be able to muzzle and or permit you to speak? What sort of monumental ego would that take? Because I'll bet this guy's sincere. Well, He's out of control. Now, a lot of you people who bust heads in Berkeley and the rest of it, you you're not sincere. It's just a way to terrify your uh, opponents into silence.
3: By the way, I got this from the New York Times most <clears> popular page. This is the third most popular uh, article column, anything they had in the New York Times in the last week. The most read, the most uh, forwarded it around. This philosophy professor who said, why would Ann Coulter get the same amount of airtime as t- Hissy? I never know how to pronounce oh. thing name. Hissy Coates. Who who we had Tim the lawyer I think on our podcast eviscerating right he's but, out um, of his
5: mind yeah
3: well he's in way out opinion. there he's way out there
5: he's also extremely bright and thought provoking sure and, and the, the world the- is better for his opinions which are all wrong but he won the Pulitzer Prize
3: for a racist thing for a, a liberalism racial, not racist racial thing Um uh he's racist though he is a racist in my opinion but this guy sees him as mainstream and Ann Coulter as the crazy person, and why would they both get the same amount of time? And it's just, well, there you go. The best masks I've seen, and they say Armstrong and Getty on them, you can get one at armstrongandgetty.com.
5: This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: So, hey, here's an interesting thing that happened to me during our two weeks off. We ended up in the ER at about uh, 10 o'clock at night, downtown Big City. Oh. We are going to meet. But um and this, Here's what I learned. Here's the punchline. Here's the, if I ever have to go to an ER, short of chest pain, where it's like, you know, you got to get there right now. I can't breathe. Right. Drive to a suburb or a rural area. It would be faster yes. and much safer. Yes.
5: And better. Yes, I've heard that advice more than once. Yeah,
3: it's funny. I had never heard that. If I had heard that, I would have done that. We, we happened to be, we were visiting, uh, my wife's cousin was in town and they had rented a house on Airbnb, so we were meeting her, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. And it was cool. And they had a two year old and my kids liked it and everything. It was really great. Very nice. Uh and uh but we were we happened to be just blocks from major downtown, like the major downtown ER. And well, I knew which where it was. sounds great if yeah. you need an ER. Well, it was handy. Yeah. I knew exactly where it was. I didn't have to Google map and panic and figure out where to go. I knew right. exactly where it was from when I used to do cancer treatment. I was right there. So um uh so we're all headed to the park. Uh, kids are going to play a little bit before we order pizza. We actually already ordered pizza. It was going to be a while because it's a holiday and, uh, kids could park and somehow or another won't blame anybody. Certainly wasn't me. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Laura gets her hand smashed solidly in the car <gasps> door. Thumb just like completely yeah, in there. Mm. She's trying to pull her hand oh. out. Oh, like she can't think. Okay. All right. All right.
5: All right. All right. All right. Jeez. First with the Mexican cartel thing earlier this morning. Now this go on. All right. Go on. I'm sorry to hear that happened. So finally, it's tough
3: to, to hear. Finally, get, get the door open. and She's going, "Oh my god, oh my." She looks at it and then says, "Oh my god, I didn't see it." But she says, "Oh my god, oh my god." I said, "Uh, do we need to go to the ER?" She said, "Absolutely, we gotta go to the ER immediately." And then the kids, <laughs> Henry's actually running around the car like it's a Chinese fire drill. Or oh, oh boy! <laughs> we got a police nine one one. Which, you know, it's, it wasn't funny at the time, obviously. He's in a panic. His mom's hurt. It's kind of funny when I think about it. In retrospect. It looks kind of cute. Yeah. Um, Just miss, he's got energy, doesn't know how to dispense it. So he's just moving around. I'm trying to help. What do I do here? Right. Anyway, so I get the kids in the car, drive like the two blocks to the downtown ER. Um, uh. Oh, so you got the whole fam there. What else are you going to do? Having the kids is the worst part of being in the downtown ER at night on a Friday night. Full. Of drunk, stoned, homeless people. Oh, boy. Full of them. And they're being treated just like they were. Anybody else with health insurance who showed up, who are having their... How many times you end up in the ER in your whole life? Who are having their three or four times in their lifetime go to the ER.
5: Right. Which is the way it is for most of us. And those are the frequent flyers. Uh, emergency room, doctors, nurses, orderlies, please. Mailbag at ArmstrongandGetty.com if you want to tell us about the frequent flyers.
3: And so, you know, you're, you're showing up to the ER. You got to wait in line behind. I don't feel so good. All right, Jim, what's, what's the problem? I, 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 the I need to lay down. Okay. And then they go through the Full filling out the paperwork, checking the vital, everything. What? There, there are people holding babies. Yeah. Looking really panicked. Parents, if you've ever had a sick baby and you don't know what's going on, waiting in line behind homeless effing drunks to get checked in at the ER and going through the full fill out the paperwork, treat it seriously. Just, and they know them by name. They actually called some of them by name. Sure. And they get them a bed, which, you know, that, well, whether or not you should get in bed at law, I don't know. But at least say, Jim, sit over there. You're here every night. I know what your problem is. You're drunk. I'm going to help the woman who's got the smashed thumb and her kids are crying. I'm going to help that lady who's holding an infant. I can't right. tell what's
5: wrong with it. Right. Um, you they can wait. They don't dare do that. How screwed up is the world we're in How? at that point?
3: I, I, I was blown away. Not Not to mention the fact that. Trying to get my wife checked in, she couldn't do paperwork anything like that. She She's moaning and holding her thumb, and right. there's blood and everything like that. I'm trying to figure out the insurance stuff like that. I'm scared to death for my kids because you got the ah, stumbling over to my kids and trying to talk to them. Uh, Freaking insane! Oh my god! It's, it's absolutely. It's I had trouble wrapping my head around it. Yeah, that is not the way a first world functioning society should work. I pay how many thousands of dollars for health insurance? I show up at the ER, and my I'm frightened for my children, and my wife's waiting in line behind drunks
5: yeah. yeah, who are
3: there to get a bed. Oh, and I guess their main thing is one of the nurses told my mo- my wife, I almost called her my mom.
5: Calling what? Dr. Freud. Why, Dr. Freud, the why emergency I room. <laughs> I need a team of therapists to, yeah. to explain
3: to me why I sometimes I call know. my wife nah, my, I'm my can mom. I'm going to
5: explain it to you. <laughs> I took one psychology class in college. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever.
5: Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of
2: Armstrong and Getty. If I could get
3: tested to see if I've already had it, I would do that test. Yeah, except about the uncertainty whether you're immune now.
5: Yeah. Which is chilling.
3: But I would like to know, but I don't have any reason to go get a test right now. I am going to, I think, continue to wear the mask like we were just discussing. I'm going to wear the mask everywhere I go because I think it eliminates my resting bitchy face. Mm -hmm. It makes me more approachable. (laughs) Well, I I feel like... we might need to do some examination on on your default setting of vibes that you're putting out into the universe if putting on a mask makes you more approachable i can see that as a as a question
5: on the other hand isn't it generally conceded that uh, rbf is it's a genetic condition essentially i mean I, I adore my wife but she's been accused by my daughter of of having <laughs> a, a touch of rbf her her default look is is kind of a, a thoughtful grimace yeah. And I'll say, "What's wrong, sweetheart?" "Nothing." "What do you mean?" "Oh, okay, good. Okay, super."
3: Yeah. So when I wear a mask, people don't see that and they can just assume I'm smiling and pleasant and approachable. Uh, and again, as Sean says if you need to cover your face to be approachable, you might want to reexamine your look. What's, <laughs> well, what's your face
5: exercises <laughs> and, and and or your attitude.
3: <laughs> of course, sometimes I have that look because I hate you. So it's not... <laughs> It's not resting; it's active. Is what it's, it's my sweet. boiling dislike. It <laughs> makes me look like this. This is my active bitchy face. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, the uh, the eye uh, patched congressman was on with Bill Maher on Friday night.
5: Yeah, Dan Dan Crenshaw, who's a very smart and honorable fellow, and I'm so glad he's on the scene. Uh, had a chat with Bill Maher that I found uh, stimulating and interesting. It was respectful. They disagreed on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but they were talking about the the inevitable, the COVID nineteen, the response, the orange man, uh, the rest of it, um, and and I find a lot of the debate about who knew what when and who thought what when and who said what when and the rest of it ultimately not very uh, uh useful because everybody underestimated, but but I think. It's useful to have the discussion to end the discussion. I think you'll hear what I mean in uh, clip number uh, 19 there.
0: He said he stopped people coming in from China. He did not. He said he well, was ahead of it. Forty-three countries did it before we did. There are still people coming in from China. He only stopped yeah, foreign nationals. Yeah,
4: okay, let, 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 let me address that because I, I know that's that's what people are saying right now. But the reality is that yeah, was about 40,000 people came in after that. These are U.S. citizens and green card holders and passport holders being repatriated. U.S. citizens. So you have to make the argument yeah. then that, that we shouldn't allow them in. And I mean, it, it sounds to me like you're fully agreeing with President Trump on this when everybody else disagreed with him. And, no, and I, if you're saying that you wish that that, that travel restriction had been more extreme. Okay. Fine. I well, mean, I, I, you apparently had the foresight back then, but when nobody else did. But the yeah. fact is, you okay. know, we, if Joe Biden was in charge at that moment, he's already said he wouldn't have done it. He criticized it as, at the time. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi actually proposed legislation. To, to stop
3: it. That is true. That that uh, I remember Nancy when she proposed the legislation. How have I heard that 40,000 number, though, 15 times in the last two weeks? After Trump banned people from China, 40,000 people came in. Fact check. It's a lie. Without anybody in the media pointing out those were people being repatriated, unless you're for blocking them for coming back to the country in which they live or have family, Right. You need to shut up with that. How had I not heard that? Well, combination of laziness and the media repeating it, not knowing it, or that kind of ruins the point. It ruins your anti-Trump point, if you point out, well, those people had to come back.
5: At the same time, I heard Mike Pence say on Fox News Sunday that we banned all travel from China. And that's not true. You let U.S. citizens and green card holders and, and the other people come home, which I'm a hundred percent in favor of, but.
3: Yeah, you can't, you, you can't block people from coming back to their home country.
5: Right, exactly. No, we can quarantine them or get them medical care or whatever. So both sides again ought to wise up. Uh, meanwhile. Did you have
3: uh, any idea that that many people traveled from China to the United States on a daily basis? I had no idea. Hmm. I hadn't really thought about it. Well, I hadn't
5: thought about it either. But if he have told me it's 5,000 a day, I'd have thought, no way. Right. Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, they were talking about the critical period in February in which Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are uh, accusing the administration of doing nothing during those critical times. But Congressman Crenshaw on Clip 21 to respond to that as well.
4: I mentioned February 25th. The day before, February 24th, that's when the administration requested two and a half billion dollars from Congress to fulfill um, you know, CDC, NIH uh, and FDA funding to combat the virus and, and the potential spread of it. What happened right then? I'll tell you, because I was in Congress, but I know what happened. Did we vote on a supplemental funding bill? No. Did we wait days to vote? No. Still didn't vote on it. You know what we voted on later that week? Nancy Pelosi, the only thing she would put on the floor to vote on was a bill to ban flavored tobacco. That's that's what actually happened. It wasn't a, it was only a week later that we actually voted on the supplemental funding that the administration requested.
3: That's an excellent point also. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God, I I know I'm wishing for something that just can't happen. I wish there was a news outlet that could that could give me that what he just said, along with the other stuff. And then let me sort it out in my own head. I wish that could happen.
5: Yeah, and and listen, I wish uh, the president was a little less a salesman and a little more just a sober giver of updates. Um, but w- w- I'm also not uh, I'm not like a you know in teen in love teenager where every time the president says something that sounds positive, I just swoon. And uh, Congressman Crenshaw addressed uh, Trump's style in clip 21.
4: Your criticism appears to be based in one thing, that Trump was overly optimistic. That's his style. You know, again, you can criticize it. That's fine. But it doesn't but it's not connected to the actions that were actually taken, because if I back up even further. You know, February 14th, CDC announces ongoing work with five laboratories to perform community-based influenza surveillance and study the spread of the virus. We're, we're trying, we're in a fact-finding mode in February. People forget this. We People keep calling February this lost month. The world It's really we- not. There's just, it, that's an easy and cheap accusation because there's no big, bold moves taken like there was in January or like there was in March. But the reality is our government was working to create that test. Now, did they work as fast as we would have liked? No, of course not. And there's a lot of reasons for that.
5: I love Dan Crenshaw. He's pretty smart. What, I think he's fantastic. What was he in the military? Oh, I don't remember specifically. I can come up with that. Yeah, no. can you
3: Google that for us? Two Sean? shakes. Yeah. He, he is a smart guy. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, Though there, there will be a lot of articles, and then and then uh, further on books. Written about all this that are going to be pretty interesting to read.
5: He was a former <laughs> SEAL. SEAL. Excuse me. Okay.
3: Yeah. I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, I right.
5: just, I accidentally uh, Googled uh, Ben Crenshaw and came up with the sweet putting golf star of the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> different guy. Tote, almost completely different guy. Yeah,
3: almost completely.
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> uh, not a Navy SEAL current congressman argument with Bill Maher.
5: <laughs> no, but boy, he could roll in the fifteen
3: footers. Seal he? for ten years, five tours of duty. Ben Crenshaw? Yeah. No, no, Dan Crenshaw. Oh,
5: Dan Crenshaw. I think no. But, I think we're confused
3: here. But how many U.S. Opens has Dan Crenshaw won? I'm guessing not a one. I haven't gotten
5: to that part of the Wikipedia yet. Must be <laughs> Same number lower. as me. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. He lost his eye. Required surgery to save the vision of his left eye. Uh, after, during his third uh, deployment in Helmand Province, the he hell went hole. back for
3: two more after losing his eye.
5: Yes, Jeez. that's a that's um, Well, a... Uh, in Bahrain and South Korea, but he, he stayed active duty. Wow, yeah, an honorable man and a good man. And the thing I enjoyed most about the uh, the Mara Crenshaw discussion was that though. They disagreed with uh, each other on a lot of different points. They brought perspectives to each other and were respectful.
3: You know what? Throughout. You know what uh, is clearly the truth, but isn't uh, isn't going to do any good. Um, not having a crowd allows them to have more of that kind of a conversation because in front of Bill Maher's crowd, when Bill Maher would have said something, you know, one of his points, the crowd had gone. Yeah! yeah! <laughs>
5: it's just whereas then, in this, Dan Crenshaw a, would say, "Bill, you know the the flaw in your thinking is this," and he'd answer quietly and reasonably. And so, yeah, Bill did not have the oh, oh, the Greek chorus, as it were, to to, to beef up his arguments. So it came across, and as, I like Bill Maher, by the way. I disagree with him all the time, but I think he is a sincere guy. This seems like the sort of thing
3: you would see on Twitter, uh, and then wonder if it was true. But this was at my actual Starbucks at the drive through window. They had uh, tip jars out there, and uh, it was a tip war. Have you ever seen those where you put a tip in here to back this idea, a tip in that jar to back this idea? I like the idea. And the sign said, is Carol Baskin Carol Baskin innocent in this tip jar or guilty in this chip, tip jar? And the guilty jar had, uh well, 20 times the amount of money as the innocent jar. So Carol Baskin, the one of the villains, they're all villains in, yeah, the, uh, in the in the in Netflix documentary Tiger King. She's still out there having fed her husband to uh, Tigers, probably um is still popular enough that the <laughs> the Starbucks had a tip jar war going on about it, which I find hilarious. But I do know a couple of people that watched the final new episode that they added. In the last week, I haven't seen it. Did you watch the added X ex- uh,
5: Nah, I got a couple minutes into it realized just didn't seem not, like it was worth. Not, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Okay. We had a family conversation about that over the weekend, and there was not a lot of desire expressed.
3: Yeah, that was enough. That that was that was a great thing. I love it when that happens. Yeah, when it's just about the right length. Yeah, good that was enough are... for that. Good things are supposed to end too. Like yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It was great. That was interesting. There's no reason to make another season or, no. or 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 get married and have a baby so you can continue the season for another year or anything like that or move to Los Angeles and try it again or anything like that. It's just over.
5: Yeah. And by the way, those of you uh, who are who are doing the free Joe Exotic movement, yes, I, I, I hope you're just having fun. No, because I'm all
3: for him getting out. He was wronged.
5: No, no, no. no. Psychopath. Okay? Psychopath, animal abuser, human abuser, meth dealer, and a hundred other kinds of, of unsavory. I was
3: way more bothered by the way he took advantage of uh of troubled young men than I am about him wanting to kill Carol Baskin. <laughs> I just that doesn't really trouble me at all. Um but the way he took advantage of these kids is just uh, uh, yeah, yeah he should be executed it for
5: to, that seems to be a thing in the uh tiger zoo community you know, you know what
3: the best part of that show was and you didn't need to watch it to understand this he hired a guy to kill a woman he hates and the guy was such a screw-up that on the way to florida to kill her he changed his mind but he doesn't even really remember doing it it's just like at some point i started partying and i don't know i guess i didn't I guess I just didn't want to do it anymore. Some He doesn't even remember his thinking. Right. There are people out there. It's troubling. There are people out there you can hire to to, to do a hit. And there's such F-ups that they might not do it, but not even have a reason why they didn't do it. They just right. didn't get around to it. Or
5: I lost my gun. Or I forgot her address. Or whatever. Right. <laughs> it, my God. It, if I were to ask you, I thought you were going to take the boys to the ice cream parlor yesterday. And you would be able to tell me why you didn't, right. specifically. Sure, not just uh, we didn't. How right. come? I
3: don't uh, know. I just... started
5: partying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, weren't you uh, going off to shoot that woman in the head? Yeah, but I didn't. Oh, why? Guy came over I with a 12-pack, and
3: you were going to commit know. a murder for a few thousand dollars, which would, have, of course, made you... Oh. A wanted man for the rest of your life and the death penalty, etc., etc. But you didn't because I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I got sidetracked I somehow. <laughs> That's, that might be the most amazing thing that, to me. Yeah. There are people like that out there. Oh my god! A lot god. of
5: dead eyes and missing consciences in that show. <laughs> oh boy! Text not line. a lot of teeth, however.
3: <laughs> no, no, near not as many teeth as characters in the show for some reason. The best masks I've seen, and they say Armstrong and Getty on them? You can get one at armstrongandgetty.com. This is
5: the best of Armstrong and Getty.
3: This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Mailbag. (laughs) My point was we'll get into that coming up.
5: Uh, Let's see. I'm looking for a good freedom-loving quote of the day. Uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, how about Robert Ingersoll again on his, from his book "The Liberty of Man, Woman, and Child"? The man who does not do his own thinking is a slave and is a traitor to himself and to his fellow men. That's probably useful to repeat, given the uh, the herd mentality of of politics.
3: Well, I'll tell you what my 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 uh, freedom
5: loving quote of the day or the lack of it would be.
3: My belief is the more government you have, the less freedom you have. It just seems to be true by definition to me. Yes. And last night's debate was the, the furthest left, most big government conversation on a national stage we may have ever had in this country.
5: I I think it certainly was. Yeah. And uh, it, in the context of a major party. Yeah. The
3: question being, has the country moved to where these people are? Well, not as far as they all are, but it's certainly headed that direction. To have that many candidates that far left. I'll have to talk about a debate I heard yesterday from Paul Krugman of the New York Times and a socialist who called Paul Krugman a moderate, oh. which is a joke if you've ever, if you know those people, but right. um, we've we just moved way left as a society and... People like me need to recognize that. You can be unhappy with it, you can fight against
5: it, but you have Mm -hmm. to recognize it's happened. Yep. So, uh, listen, we're going to post this at armstrongandgetty.com. It may already be up, I'm not sure, but uh, alert listener Benjamin sent this along and said, seriously, the coolest thing in a long while. It is, uh, this artist has dedicated herself, her hobby now, is she updates the classic portraits, be they paintings or photographs of historical figures, and she gives them modern haircuts, Modern clothes and a modern portrayal of them. Cause some like old timey portraits have people looking very flat and weird. Um, but, and, and it shows them the way they would look if they were in the world today. And it's difficult to communicate exactly why that's so interesting and amusing. Do you have any examples? Oh, sure. Napoleon, for instance, uh, w- was striking what he looks like. A couple of Roman emperors. Caligula looked like a weaselly rich kid. And he was a famously debauched, sick, a uh, cruel perv. And then Julius Caesar looks like a statesman. You would vote for him for president. It was quite amazing. Lincoln was striking as well. But there are a bunch of these portraits, you know, even like Anne Boleyn and Elizabeth the first. And uh, did I, I mentioned Napoleon, right? Hotties um, look like hotties. Uh, actually, several of your, your historical, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get, uh, Nefertiti's number right now. <laughs> I'm trying to maybe reach out to her on Twitter. And where do I find this stuff? Uh, at ArmstrongyGetty.com. Oh, our website. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll have yes. to check that out. It's actually quite good. I'm going to go in a quiet moment, uh, to this gal's website and look at the rest of her pictures. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of history, I think you will find it really intriguing. Moving along. Ron and Anita write, Hey, our kids age 8 and 10 would like to know why you don't use study the world anymore. I don't know. We just we felt like it ran its course.
3: No, that, I have an answer for that, but I'm not going to say it on the air.
5: Oh, okay. Really? Huh. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Huh? huh? I was here. And I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> of course, I don't remember yesterday. So, yeah. okay, moving along. That's mysterious let's see socialism explained to a 13 year old dan in honolulu with the classic listen to your show on the way to take my 13 year old daughter to school shout out to dan hashtag girl dad right is that what i'm supposed to say yeah that's a thing fabulous i got two of my own she happens to be a very hardworking student as a result earned straight a's the other day she asked dad what is socialism i said socialism's goal is to make things equal between people but the example I gave was this. You work very hard at school. You get straight A's. Another girl does not work hard, earns C's. Socialism takes your A's away from you and gives them to the other girl. As a result, you both get B's. She immediately gasped in horror.
3: Well, that that's his presentation of it. <clears> to <throat> so be fair and present it from the other side, the way they would present it is, you've got all the uh, advantages in life, so you got an A. That other person doesn't have your skin color uh your parents don't don't have as much money doesn't have as nice of clothes so they're always worried about what other people think of them so they can't study right et cetera. etc cetera. and tragic. so you have to give them some of your unearned privilege to bring it up to evil. Yeah. Equal. That's funny.
5: What a Freudian slip. That might be the first actual Freudian slip of my life. That was good. It was strong. They said evil instead of equal. Yeah. Well, the the uh, the counterpoint to your counterpoint would be, well, they've run that experiment over and over and over again, and it always results in the A students no longer striving and the not good students no longer striving, because either way, they were not rewarded nor you know anti-rewarded, punished for their effort or lack of effort. That's So like, nobody
3: puts any effort that's out. That's like just your opinion, man. No, 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 that's the data, man. Counterpoint effort sucks. <laughs> why, are, why are
5: you standing up for evil? You're lazy, you're evil. I need better friends. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com. You're
3: listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.